Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Um, Today I am chatting with Mariah. She is beauty and the brain on Instagram, and she is a fellow life coach who is helping stylists create mental and emotional peace within their lives lives. Mariah had posted something that caught my eye about um, feeling a certain way about your money, even though your situation has not changed, right? Like feelings behind your financial situation. And I asked her to come on the podcast, of course, as I do, to come and chat about it. So that is what this episode is about today. And there's so much goodness in here. Two life coaches chatting together is like magic happening. So you are welcome for that. Um, Before I get into it, I want to remind you that I am bringing my group coaching course back. If you are ready to get your financial shit together, you're tired of living paycheck to paycheck, you're ready to take control of your money, all of the things, go in the show notes, click the link, and get on the wait list. I have not done a group coaching course in over a year because I've been perfecting and revamping and really, really honing in on what it is that you need. So if coaching is something that you have been wanting from me, but private coaching just isn't really something that you're interested in and you're strictly ready to get your financial shit together beyond the chair, like outside of the salon, then this is going to be for you. This is if you feel like you're broke or you feel like you're shit with money or you feel like you are not a quote unquote numbers person, then you need to be in here because I'm going to shift all of that for you as well as help you take action that's going to align with what it is that you want for your life and how you 
value your life and what you want out of it. And being able to take your money and creating the opportunities with your money um, that you're looking for. So you're ready to take control of your money, get on the wait list. It's coming this fall. Um, if you are on the wait list, you're going to get extra perks, special things, all of that fun stuff. So do not wait. Um, get on it, okay? And if group coaching isn't exactly your speed or you're looking for something really just to kind of get you kick-started, then I have my three secrets to becoming a Cash Confident Stylist. It is free, it is also in the show notes, and it is gonna be just a little mini course for you to kind of get some ideas on how you can start changing your relationship with money and rewriting your money story. So all of the things are in the show notes, the wait list, the, um, the free course, just click on it. Um, and with that being said, Enjoy this conversation with Mariah. Hi, Mariah. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. So you and I kind of, I, I guess, met. I don't know how if you call it meeting on like a, a networking virtual thing. So this is our first time really chatting, our first time really getting to know each other. And I'm always excited to get to know somebody like in public. <laughs> yeah. So we can kind of get to know you together, right? Um, so tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Okay. Hello. I'm Mariah Hedquist and I am a salon suite owner. I'm also a life coach for hairstylists, life and business, but we'll break that down as we go along. Um, I have been in the industry for 14 years now, which is crazy because I feel like I just started yesterday, but mm-hmm. 14 years under my belt, um, celebrated a year and a half in my salon suite in April and what else here? I've been a coach for the last four years. I started off general life coaching because I thought I was leaving the industry. <laughs> what? Um, but then had a little turnaround and realized, no, I'm definitely not going anywhere. And I'm going to bring these coaching skills here to serve the community that I love, which is beauty professionals, hairstylists, and my clients as well, like salon clients. So that's kind of the quick and dirty of who I am. I love that. So let me ask you, did you go from commission to suite or were you a booth renter to suite? Okay. So my real origin story, I went from booth renter straight out of school, which was bananas, to commission to owning a suite. Okay. Because I asked because I was commissioned for 14 years of my career and then went into a suite. And I'm on 20 years now, which I feel the same. I'm like, wait, I'm not that old. Like I can't be doing anything for 20 years. That's not right. (laughs) What was I like 10? (laughs) um, But I I ask just because um, there's a long time there, right? Like I I think, and and I'm just going to get right into it. I think there's like a new generation of like people who, um, you know, think that they go into a suite almost immediately. And why did you go from booth rent back like to commission? Well, um, booth rent, I went booth rent because I went to cosmetology school in high school. So I was really young and literally had like no idea of like anything besides like I'm having fun and I get to look cute at work. Same. I do what I want. That was my thing. I'm like, I'm going to be a hairstylist because I get to do what I want. (laughs) I I, I guess I just didn't even think of like any other option. You know, this is just what I was going to do. And, um, I was living in my hometown there was like a breakup with me and my significant other, who's now my husband, by the way. Um, and I moved away. And so in moving away, my first job was at that booth rental salon where I moved and I worked there for three, almost four years. And, you know, like 
from a financial perspective and like running my business perspective, it was so messy and I had no clue what was going on, but I was in the greatest environment. I was supported Mm -hmm. by all of these stylists that had like 10 years, my senior, my aunt was the owner and everyone really nurtured me and helped me feel really protected and supported learning the business. And then we kind of got to this point where it's like, okay, maybe I want to go back home and moving back home, some connections lined up a, a job for me at the commission salon. And so that's where I went. And it was just, it was really nice to just go in and focus on doing my craft and not having to worry about the other stuff in the background. And so much more inside of that little experience there, which led to me being feeling like I was really prepared to go out on my own and, and kind of do things my own way. Yes. I, okay. I heard feeling like <laughs> we're going to get into feelings. Surprise, surprise for the listeners. I always talk about feelings. <laughs> Same. Um, feeling like you were ready. Were you really feeling like you were ready at the time? To go into a sweet. A sweet? Yes. Yeah. Actually, I, yeah. Like talk about that a little bit. What made you feel ready? Yeah. Okay. So there was a period of time in the commission salon where I was working and I was very frustrated by operations and how things were going. And I was doing my very best to contribute to resolve these things. And I actually ended up being promoted to the manager. And I thought, aha, now is my chance. I can get in. But a lot of what was driving me was frustration. I want to leave because I'm frustrated. I got to get out of here because I can't stand this. But I wasn't it just wasn't, it didn't feel right to go yet because it just felt so heavy. And um, in the middle of that, I left the management role because it ended up stretching me way too thin. I was managing, working behind the chair. I was also an educator for color brand and I was doing all of these things at all times. And so I started kind of redirecting my focus and energy back into myself. What do I really want to be doing here? I got really honest with myself. And then my salon owner sold the salon to a new owner. And then in that moment, I just was like, okay, this, this, this is the time. Like I didn't have any anger towards anybody. I didn't feel like I was running away from my past and being like, well, I'm going to show them I can do it. It was just like, this is your opportunity. This is the next step. And it really had nothing to do with like the new owner or anything. She was coming in brand new and it seemed like almost a repeat of the experience that I had before. And I said, okay, like I, I helped in the foundation of this salon before I already did that. And so now it's time for me to move forward. And it was just a really clean, calm, smooth transition that didn't burn any bridges. I and love so that. That's how I knew it. I felt I was ready and it was just time to kind of take the leap. Yeah. I don't think, you know, I, I really think that it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Like right. people get so scared to leave, but like, and don't get me wrong. There are some salon owners that really fight when people leave. And I, I get that, but I had a clean break too. I told my people the moment I got the key. And I mean, I think they let me work. I said, can I work out? You know, the next, it was December. Yeah. Um, can I work here until I have my suite ready? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. And it was like, awesome. Thank you. You know, like <laughs> that's amazing. I, you know, I, I put in a two weeks and I was mm-hmm. fully prepared to be let go the day of, and that's what ended up happening, but it wasn't like an instant, you know, right. get out. it was, I found out at the end of the day. But I said, you know, I understand that with me leaving, it's going to cause disruption to the flow of the client experience. I don't right. want that to translate to them. So I'll stay here and work these two weeks until you guys get it sorted, you know, but then ultimately she decided that it was best for me to leave that day. And I said, okay, I packed up yeah. myself in a box and I 
brought it all over my suite. <laughs> you got to be prepared for it. Cause you just never know. You know yeah. what I mean? They could be your like best friend in the salon, the owner, and then they could still be like, Nope, you're going to take all my clients go. <laughs> yeah, you know, and It's like being prepared for either one. And like you said, if, if I can make a clean break and make a clean separation and keep the relationship intact, mm-hmm. then that's what I'm going to, going to push for, but right. everybody gets to make their own decisions. Everybody has their own feelings. And I respect that too. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about life coaching. When did you decide that that was a direction that you wanted to take? Um, so that was pretty interesting. I actually had a friend that she was doing online fitness coaching and now she's since transitioned into business coaching. And I have for as long as I can remember, always been someone very interested in personal development and goal setting and just feelings and thoughts and mental health and mental health advocacy is a huge thing for me, just based off of my own experiences and people very close to me watching um, their whole journey. And then also being brought to this sort of realization that, Hey, yeah, we can change our experiences or kind of like, what do we call it? Reframe our thinking to produce a different result by changing our perspective. And that thought was introduced to me back in 2016. And I was like, mind blown. I was like, what? Like wait. literally mind blown. Yeah. It's like, wait, wait, I thought this was just who I am. I thought yeah. that, yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. So that kind of cranked it to the next level. And so at that time, um, I, I actually talked to my, my friend and said, Hey, what's it like to be an online coach just to kind of get a feel for it because I was still working at my previous salon. I was feeling kind of dull. I was feeling unfulfilled. And I said, okay, maybe it's time for me to leave the industry. Let me see what else I could go into. And then, you know, maybe this is something for me to pursue full time and then just be done doing hair. Right. It was something that I enjoyed that I was interested in that wasn't beauty industry related. And so that's why I initially started pursuing it. I love that. And now you've shifted back to, do you just life coach for hairstylists or do you just kind of talk to hairstylists? And if other people want to work with you, it's different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean like, okay. So there's the marketing part. There's the target audience part. You Mm -hmm. know, yes, I speak to hairstylists because I have that understanding of the industry and some of the pain points and so on. But if somebody comes across and is like, hi, I'm not a stylist, but I think you can help me. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I'm not going to say no uh, and withhold it from you when I know I could help you. Cause at the end of the day, we're all humans with brains. (laughs) Yeah. Same, same. I, you know, I think about that a lot too, because what I talk about has really has nothing to do. I mean, personal finance has nothing to do with hair. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I'm with you. I'm like, I have a soft spot for hairstylists because I think, cause we were them, we are them. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, well, why not uplift our industry in ways that we can help, um, which I love. So I'm all about that as well. Um, you made a post last week, the week before somewhere around there, um, that caught my eye that I want to talk about today. And it was about feel, let's see, I'm going to read just a small bit of it. Um, uh, if you don't mind. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> You don't have to wait until you have a certain amount of money in your bank account to start feeling good about your money. When you tell yourself you aren't eligible for certain things because of how much money you have or don't have, it usually comes with a subliminal message of shame and pressure about your financial situation. Um, I love this because um, I talk about my story a lot on this on this podcast. And one of the things that I talk about is how I never, 
even considered getting my financial shit together because in my mind, like I was, I decided to be a hairstylist. I decided not to go to college. I I decided to live paycheck to paycheck because that's what hairstylists do. Like that was my mindset. So I never tried. Like I remember driving through the neighborhood we live in now. And I remember saying we messed up, like we picked the wrong career, but it was, it was bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was not true. Um, and it wasn't until I actually went, no, something can change kind of similar to you. I like, I don't even remember, maybe I read like you're a badass or something. You know what I mean? That one, like maybe I read my first self-improvement book or something. I was like, oh shit, you can change the way you think. And we actually started making a difference in our bank accounts. And we started actually getting our financial shit together and realized, oh, all of those thoughts were bullshit. I wasn't actually broke. I just felt broke. Mm -hmm. So do you have like a similar experience? Do you have, where did this post come from? Because I want to talk about it in depth. Yeah, I do. (laughs) I have a very similar experience. Two stories are coming to my mind um, about my husband and I, our finances, because the first one, um, this was before we got married. I think we were planning the wedding and I think I was looking at like my pay stub and then the year to date thing on there or whatever. And this was maybe like, gosh, we've been married for eight years. So like somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And I was laying on the floor, like splayed out on the floor, like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to uh, like, this does not match my Mm -hmm. vision of what I thought my life was going to be like, I just so undone talking to him. And I was like, how are we going to survive? What are we get? Just like this, this, this unhelpful aha kind of hit me. And I was just like, you said, just kind of resolved, like, we're just gonna, we're just gonna be broke. Like, what are we going to do? Cause at that time we had somewhere along the way, I had student loan debt from college. We had some personal debt. And then after our wedding, there was some personal, uh, I think like all of that kind of fit in there. Yep. And there was, um, I had another meltdown moment where I had my credit card and I was looking at my statements and it's just like, I couldn't get ahead of it. It was like, how is it always, uh, how am I always getting hit with the fees or how come I never have enough money left? Like what is going on? And I remember at work, I took my credit card and I said, enough is enough. And I chopped it up into pieces. And then I was like, you're crazy. You need that. And I'm not kidding. I taped it back together and then put a piece of paper on top. And you know, when you like go over with the pencil and you can see the yes. numbers. And so I could see all the numbers. And I was like, you're a psychopath. So I ripped it up, chopped it up even smaller and just threw it away. And so I told my husband, I was like, this is just crazy. And he goes, okay, enough is enough. Like, we're just going to solve this right now. We're going to make a plan and we're going to work the plan and it's going to be fine. Like we just, we're just going to take care of this right now. And so, like you said, we made a plan, we worked this plan and we didn't have any dramatic change in our salaries. We didn't have any like magic income show up and we paid off all of our debts. We got a car for him. We ended up being able to get a car for myself. Um, we were able to start investing in some of my coaching programs and things early in the beginning with not much changing. It was just a plan and the commitment to that plan. So very similar. I love that. Very, very similar. I remember cutting up my cards and re and actually feeling the anxiety of doing it. Like I remember literally thinking, holy shit, why am I so emotionally attached to this? Mm -hmm. Like that was my first time realizing the emotion behind money, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, I think that that's a lot of, of, 
of the issue when it comes to getting our financial shit together, right? Is like we at we attach emotion to this like plastic or piece of paper or belief of money because nowadays with online stuff, like is money even real? Like <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> Like, okay, I'm going to tell you I'm paying this, but then it's just coming out of this imaginary credit card. Like, anyway, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Um, But, you know, there's all this emotion behind it. And and it's true. Once you kind of realize, hey, these are the numbers and these are the facts. Now I just have to make the facts work for me. And we kind of release the emotion, which is way easier said than done. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that this is like something that you just, I don't want to have emotion around money anymore. The end, you know, but it makes a huge, huge difference. Now, do you feel, what do you feel like compared to before? And then now, so like, say for example, you have an unexpected bill come in. What is the difference in your life now than it would have been maybe back then when you had all the debt and all the money stress and stuff? Well, now we have money actually put aside for that, for that type of occasion. You know, we have a chunk of change that sits there if we have to pull from it, which we've had to do. And, but it's like, and I will say, if I'm being fully honest, it doesn't feel great when I pull it out, but it's like, no, no, this is what that was there for. Mm -hmm. That means that I still like all the rest of the money is cool because this was over here ready for this occasion. And like, how amazing is it that you had that there, you know, so just shifting, it's always an ongoing, like checking of yourself kind of a kind of deal. So um, that's part of it where things come up and it doesn't, it doesn't shock me because I just have accepted like that's life, right? There's, there's not this perfect moment where everything falls into place and like, there are no surprises or like a piece of your car doesn't stop working or like something, you know, comes up and Um, when you just can stay calm and not freak out and look at what your resources are and you believe that you can handle it, then your brain will be like, okay, how do we handle it? But if you're like, we can't do it, it's not going to, you're not going to get anywhere. It's going to just keep spiraling. Yes, I totally agree. So talk to somebody who's listening to this and is like, well, how do I make that stop? Like I, you know, I just got my car insurance that I didn't expect and it's so much more than I thought, you know, whatever. Um, and it just is stressing me out. Like, like, what do you, what would you recommend them to do? And this doesn't have to be money related, right? This can be anything that's coming up for you that is giving you, you know, anxiety or you're starting to overthink or whatever. Um, what would you say is like the first step for somebody to like, just, you know, get rid of that emotion around whatever it is that is happening in their lives. That's causing the anxiety. I always say, stick to the facts start with the facts, look at what the hard and fast facts are, how much is due, maybe on this particular surprise thing. Okay, that's how much is is due. When is it due by? What does my money look like right now? How much money do I have? What can I maybe pause to reallocate to that thing? If there's not any in savings or whatever, just being really resourceful through this lens of, you know, if I'm freaking out about this surprise bill, that's not going to make it disappear and I'm going to have to deal with it anyway. So when you can be calm and just say, okay, what do I have? And then from there, I don't know. I know people may have different feelings about um, borrowing or whatever from, from, from family or friends. If you've got that type of relationship where there won't be any drama, it could be a temporary thing to help, you know, maybe look at that. You know, look, what are your resources? Because what I found, even with ourselves, a big aha moment I had after going through our whole financial transformation was like, 
wow, I don't have to have a massive salary to be able to get stuff done. Like, this is crazy. That just blew my mind because I just thought we had to be like millionaires to pay this debt, you know? So, but once we were able to really look at our resources and then get creative or get kind of clever, a little crafty, it will work out. It will work out. Yeah. Communication goes a long way, right? Like a lot of us are scared to even talk about money. You know, so the idea of even having to go say, ask a family member, I know when my husband and I first bought our house, we bought it in not this one, but the, the first house that we bought, we bought it in 2008 and it's when Obama was doing the, um, the first time home buyer thing. And I think where you get like $8,000 back if you bought your first home or something like that. And I remember, you know, when you buy a house, there's always these big surprise expenses that you don't, you're not prepared for. And we were not fully prepared. This was, we bought this house way before we got our financial shit together. And we had to come up with like $5,000, like in like a day or two days or something like that, or we wouldn't be able to get the house. And so my husband and I went and sat down in front of my grandparents and, and we asked them for the money and it was terrifying, like terrifying. They were so happy to do it. We were getting the tax credit. We literally paid them back the very next month. But like the thought of having that conversation was terrifying. And it's so interesting that I think about it now, because although I still don't like want to ask people for money, I mean, but it's not a bad thing, right? They were happy to help. They felt like they were helping in like a big part of our life. And I think we forget that sometimes and we overthink it, you know, and we don't realize that like there are people out there that like want to help you thrive and survive and, you know, um, and the communication around it goes a long, long way. Would you agree? I would agree. And then I think if we were to like zoom in, I don't know if this is what was going on in your mind to, to make it feel terrifying, but I know for some people, even for myself is like the thing that stops us from putting it out there and being honest is, Oh, what are they going to think about me? They're going to think I'm broke. They're going to think I'm irresponsible or as beauty professionals, this is going to reinforce the idea that I picked the wrong career and hairdressers are broke. You know, all of that, like that, uh, commentary in the background, um, stops us from just being forward and saying, Hey, look, this is the situation. And can you help with this? Or, you know, sometimes what we would do, um, now we'll do it with ourselves. Like we'll borrow from ourselves and say, okay, we'll pull from here to pay for this thing, knowing that this is the money that's coming in on the back end. Right. Like make a plan for that and present that even to whoever it is that you're asking for. But if you have, or asking for money from, yeah. <laughs> right. if you have that dialogue running in the background, you can't even get to that place of being that constructive or like that, that much of a, of a plan because mm-hmm. there's the feelings of going back to that shame, that sort of like, they're going to think things about me and I don't want them to think that about me. So I'm just not going to say anything. And I'm just going to be over here drowning. <laughs> the fear of judgment is so wild. Like it is so wild. And I feel like every time I like get out of part of it, cause there's, I, do you feel like it fully goes away? No, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I feel like I even just like today had this moment t- with myself where I was realizing it coming up. So I do think that once you have that awareness, once you've got some practice of that self-coaching or like, you know, being an, uh, curious of your thinking under your belt, you can manage it a lot quicker, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always go away. And so maybe that's a, an, a helpful thing for someone listening now is like, you can't professional development yourself out of being a human. It's going to Yes. <laughs> it's so true. And I think I know for me, cause I love, I mean, I am a now like 
like personal development. I mean, this is all just my personal development books and it's not including the ones that are by my bed right now. <laughs> um, I love, love, love to grow. And I, and I get in these funks sometimes where I'm like, wait, but I'm doing all this work. Why am I still sad? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we forget that we're not trying to completely get rid of the emotions. Like you said, we're trying to actually like learn how to cope with them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just Do you have kids. I don't. Okay. Okay. I was, I was gonna say not yet. I was going to say, I have an eight-year-old and and we are teaching him how to deal with his emotions. And I really think it's helping me learn how to deal with my emotions. Yes. I feel so passionately about this. While we don't have children ourselves, lots of our friends have kids. Some of our family members have kids and we really love kids. And so at first spending time around these little small children, um, I was like, whoa, this is a whole different, you know, they're like five and below. Right. Um, but the more that I thought about it, I'm like, wait, let me pay attention here. I'm like, This is just really raw emotion. And the reason that I'm frustrated, like they're pushing my buttons. Yep. So let me check myself. How can I get clever? How can I get creative with? And then it kind of turned into like a puzzle. Now I'm not saying they won't work your nerves for all the parents. They will, they will like, on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> they sure will. But just that little thing is like, when it comes up in you, that's your opportunity to say, okay, let me go investigate this thing in myself later or whenever. Cause it's sometimes in the moment, you just got to get, get things done. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great, they're, they're such a great reflective opportunity. Yes. Yeah. I feel very passionately about that. <laughs> it's like a mirror. And, and now I realize that it happens in almost any situation that not just my kid, but just anybody. Like if I have any kind of situation with somebody and I think about how I feel about it, Cause a lot of times we go to like, we want to blame them or we want, you know, we go to this, like what we're used to going to where it's like, well, wow, they're just really a bitch or what, you know, whatever. Now I'm like, wow, they really need a hug. I wonder what's going on in their life, mm-hmm. you know? So it helps me cope with things better. It's not taking things so personal because I think for the longest time, that's all I did was take shit personal, right? Like get defensive, get angry, like all of that. And now it's like, oh no, like they got, they got some stuff going on. I think it goes a long way. Self-reflection goes a long way too. Totally. Like, I feel like (laughs) I have gone from what is her problem to, are you okay? Yes. Same, same. I mean, it depends on the situation. Sometimes what is your problem? (laughs) Still human. Yes. Still human. So when you're working with your um, clients, your life coaching clients, what do you feel like is the main reason they come to you for? Um, Well, I think it's the business part that really attracts people to me initially. But we, if you think about like uh, Maslow's pyramid, like the pyramid, the the businessy systems stuff, like the numbers, the hard stuff is at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then once we start working on that, then we realize, oh, this is there's really a confidence issue here. So once we solve for these things, they're building confidence, doing, you know, relatively quick tasks. Like it doesn't take much effort to change your pricing if it needs to be changed type of deal. Right. And then they can move to this next level of being able to focus on like that self-reflection piece, like, who am I in this industry? Who do I want to be in this industry? Who have I been in this, uh, in this industry so far? Am I ready to let that go? Like what's not serving me? What, what can I move forward with? And then it goes into that. Now that I've kind of got this under my belt, um, who do I want to be kind of out in the world? How do I reflect this out into the world? So most people come in wanting me to fix their numbers and do all the nerdy stuff that they just don't want to do or think that they can't do. Cause not math people. Right. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so a 
once we start working on that, when we take a closer look, it, it's like layers of an onion, you know, oh, wait, I just, I feel really insecure in this area and then in this area and uh, confidence is usually the next thing. And then yes. from there. Yeah. I got certified in life coaching last year for that reason, because the more I did my money coaching, the more I realized it wasn't just about the numbers. You know, it's not just about learning how to do a spending plan. Like it is so much deeper than that. And, um, I think it's, it's fascinating to me when, cause I do um, packages with my one-on-one coaching. So I work with them for six months and it's so interesting seeing their body language at the beginning and then their body language at the end. It's totally. like, it's so much lighter yeah. because there, it, we go through the, the foundation, right? Like, like you've got to whoever, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, vulnerability is probably somewhat your thing because that's all I talk about, but like you have to go below the layers. Like you cannot just do the thing and not focus on the inside of, of you. Um, so I'm going to ask you this. Do you think I ask this very often on the podcast? I would say 99.9% of everyone responds with the same answer. Do you, <laughs> do you think that you can be successful, whatever your version of success is, which I'd like to talk about as well. Um, but without doing the self-improvement part. Ooh, um, that's a good question. I think like that without being in touch with your, with yourself and going on that journey of self-discovery, how do you even identify what success is in the first place? Because I think part of the thing that gets people so like out of whack with the money stuff, like how I had that belief before, oh my gosh, I have to make all this money in order to live out this vision. But that's not true. You know, right. what, what, what do you, what do you want? It's like that meme. What do you want? What do you want? What is it? How, what's the gap like between here and then there? And like, what is most valuable to you? What does that money actually translate to in your life? Like not everybody wants to have money to fly around all over the world and like be on a yacht. And some people do, but some people just want to have money to be able to go to the movies with their families. Cause that costs a mortgage payment now anyway, to go to the movies and buy concessions. Like right. what, what does it mean to you? And so you can't get to that part without really digging in inward and looking at what is most meaningful. What is most important to you? How do you define that success? Yes. I could not agree more. Well, success is personal. Yeah. What is success to you? That's a good question. I think success is success for me generally is living my life from the most calm, peaceful, rested place Mm -hmm. and doing everything from there. So there's a lot of things that I used to do that I'm totally unwilling to do now because it's going to cost me that rest. It's going to cost me that peace. And so that's what I, that's what I kind of, that's my, um, gosh, there's like a word that I want to use and I can't think of it, but like foundation, like your why essentially. Yeah. 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 And then if we were to talk financially, it would really just be to build a house because we want to build a home. My husband is a, is a builder. So we have this dream to build a home. We want to renovate some homes um, for people like to be part of their dreams. We want to be able Aww. to do that. And then um, I want to be able to give in larger amounts. You can give with that regardless of how much money is in your bank, but right. 
bigger amounts to, to organizations that we feel really passionate about or causes that we feel really passionate about being able to be the grandparents if necessary for someone to say, hey, look, we're kind of in this, this situation. Can you help us out? Yes. Yes, we will. Just yep. to be able to be like, without thinking about it. Yes. Like yes. impacting people at that kind of a level. And I don't know what amount of money that would be. I don't care, but that's what I would, that's what I would want to be able to do. Yes. I love that. You know what? I'm going to challenge, I'm going to give you a little homework. Okay. <laughs> you should find your dream number. Okay. So sit down and write all that stuff down and like figure out what it would cost and what you need to make a year to make that happen. Okay. Cause a lot of times it's not as much as you think. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's kind of fun, honestly. Like, so yeah. if you and your husband sit down and do it, like, it's kind of fun. Be like, all right, I want this. I want that. You know, I want to be able to do this. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Let me know how that goes. Okay, for sure. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yes. Um, I love this. I think, yeah, success is interesting because it is very, very different. And I think we get caught up in what we think success is going to look like. I know a couple of years ago, I have a friend who I love dearly and she reminded me so much of myself. Um, but she wanted different things that I wanted. And I started thinking that something was wrong with me because I didn't want those things. You know, it was a little bit more of the fancy cars and the, the, rooftop penthouses and stuff. And I'm like, wait, am I thinking too small because I don't want that? Like, mm -hmm. is it a limiting belief because I don't want, and it really gets you thinking. And I think when I ask my clients, what is it that you do want? It's a hard, hard question to answer. Yeah. I, I have the same experience where, cause many of, many of my clients, again, with that confidence comes that shame piece. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let us just notice here you're beating yourself up about not having achieved something, but you haven't identified what it is that you haven't achieved. You know, you were struggling yes. with that piece. So like, that's not even fair, but that's not even fair to you. So let's identify what, what it is, you know, get clear on that. And that is a challenge for a lot of people. It is. I mean, and, and celebrating your wins, right? Like it kind of comes down to that. Another conversation I was having with a friend, um, we were talking about what we want for the future. And one of my things is I want to fly first class everywhere I go. That's just like one of my, I have like weird milestones. Like I want that. And I really want to, <laughs> makes me laugh every time I say it. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I really want one of those like $1,500 beanbag chairs. <laughs> Yeah. I want to like buy it and not have to be like, wow, that was a really stupid purchase. Yes. <laughs> like right now I'd be like, no, I could have bought so many other things with it. But anyway, we were talking and she was like, I'd really like to do that too. And then she, we were continuing the conversation talking. She wanted the first class ticket and we were continuing the conversation. She was telling me all these places she was going and all this, that and she was going first class. And I finally went, Hey, you said earlier that like, you want to do this, but you're doing it. Mm -hmm. You're doing it right now. And she just like stopped and was like, I am. It's like, she didn't even realize she was already in her dream life because she didn't stop to take a second and celebrate her wins. Yeah. And it was the most interesting situation. Cause I'm like, I do that all the time. Yes. Okay. So I have thoughts about this too. So let's mm -hmm. look at it. And this is like a newer thought train of mine. So you might have to help me stay on track here, but mm -hmm. Um, let's look at that, that condition. I know it goes beyond just, just professionals, but like imposter syndrome and fake it till you make it. There's always that subliminal message of right here is not good enough or not enough. And we have to be somewhere else, but there's never as much conversation about, well, how do you know when you get there? How do you know when you hit that, that goal? It's always upping the ante, upping the ante, upping the ante. And we're so 
competition driven and not even like against each other, but kind of a little bit because sometimes even social media turns into like a virtual hair competition. Yes. Um, you know, and so it's always raising the bar and raising the bar and raising the bar. But we, when we do that, we can't ever be fully present where we are. So if you're not present where you are, then you can't be aware of what it is that you have already done. And then you can't enjoy it because it's like, oh, this isn't good enough. I got to be over there. I got to be doing this. I got to be, you know, further along. And so you never get to experience that, like that enjoyment of this level and compared to maybe like five years ago. 10 years ago, whatever, how much growth you've experienced, things that you have accomplished and achieved because it's always next level, next level, next level. Yep. And I would even add to that too, that when you do get to that level, maybe you have some shame around it. Maybe you don't want to be considered the bougie one that wants to sit in first class. You know what I mean? Like you're, you have put yourself in a brand new position. I know when we moved into this neighborhood, I felt like I didn't belong here. My husband felt like they were just going to come and take our house from like, it was like, wait, why are we like, how are we here? Like yeah. we've never been here before. So you're, you, when you put yourself in that new position, sometimes there's shame around it and you don't want to celebrate because you feel like you're being, you know, you're bragging or, or whatever. But really, like I tell people all the time, if you want to brag, come and brag to me, like, like brag a fucking way. Like if you worked hard to get somewhere, I want to know, and I want to celebrate you because we're so scared to celebrate ourselves. Right. Yeah. You know, especially if we're surrounded by people who maybe are in their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. which can be a problem too sometimes. <laughs> totally. Cause I think, I think another big shift that I, that I started experiencing around money and finances is just like, Hey, if I want to sit in first class, this is the cost of the ticket. Like, this is how much it costs to sit in first class. This is how much it costs to have this experience. It's not making it very neutral. Yep. This is how much this house costs. And if I want to build my house, to, to be set up for the functionality that I desire, then this is how much it costs. It, it's right. nothing of like, I think that I'm better than these people or, you know, they are, we, I know that that's a natural tendency, but when you just train your brain to be aware of that and come back and say, okay, no, this is just how much stuff costs. And yeah. if I want to do this thing or have this experience or be in this place, this is how much it costs. I know it's one of those easier said than done things, but that's something that's been really, really helpful for me. And investigating thoughts about your own thoughts about wealth or richness or rich people. What do you believe? Because if you have some grumpy thoughts about those folks, but maybe you're aspiring to be that, then there's a disconnect there. Yes. So maybe let's look at that and resolve some of that. And then on the contrast, if you're afraid of being not rich or dare I use the word poor, um, and you feel like you're there, there's a disconnect because you're running from that, that type of label or whatever those thoughts are. So again, going back to that inside, that's, yeah. just, that's the part of success is looking at yourself. Yeah. I started doing a gratitude journal for this reason, because it was, it was a constant, like, you know, I felt like I was like falling into that, like I need more. So I was only focusing on what I didn't have you know? And then I started, I switched it and started like focusing what I do on what I do have. And it's come a lot, like it's a huge difference. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still have my days where I'm like, I wish this would happen. I wish, you know, but I like catch myself a lot faster now. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Just stop Missy. You're just making, you're overthinking it. Right. Same. And especially thinking about like what other people think of, of 
us. Like, right. Like I could all day be like, well, my neighbor probably thinks this. And it's like, but do they know? Because they're thinking about their own shit. They're not thinking about me. Like, do I think everyone's sitting around just thinking about me? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We catch ourselves. It's like, all right, the world doesn't revolve around you. Let's pause here. And even if they are thinking that in my mind, if if someone has uh, negative thoughts about me or has an issue with me, but they're not taking any initiative to resolve that thing. Okay. Well, they're not invested in it. So why am I going to be, I don't know what you're thinking. And I have other things to, to focus on and give my attention to going back to that, my baseline of keeping it calm and peaceful. I'm not spending my mental energy on trying to like read your mind. If you're not going to communicate with me. Exactly. Oh, I've communication, man. You get, since I've become, I was not a good communicator. Now that I've become a good communicator, I have a hard time with people who are not good communicators, <laughs> but that's my own thing. I'm working on that. <laughs> yeah. I used to be so afraid to communicate. Cause I was like, I had the belief if I say what's on my mind, or if I tell someone that I'm uncomfortable or unhappy, then they're going to get mad at me or like, tell me that I'm dumb or whatever. And I'm going to feel bad. So I would hold everything inside and you can only imagine how that Blow up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, yes, yes, I can relate. I was a little bit of both. I would over communicate and in like, in like a mean way, like I didn't mean to be mean, but like, I would just say exactly what it was on my mind at the most inappropriate times. I remember when I was like 20, my friends were like, Missy, sometimes we don't really want your opinion. (laughs) I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) But I get it now, you know? Um, Now I'm like, oh yeah, people probably really don't care what my opinion is on that matter. They did not ask me. Um, I love this conversation. I think this is important. I think what you're doing is important. Um, I think that they're limiting beliefs and confidence and all of that. Like so many of us struggle with it. Um, so many hairstylists struggle with it. And the the more I lean into education, the more I realize that, I mean, I, I struggle with it in the education space, you know? Um, I think that it's important to talk about You know, I think it's important also to to show people in different levels, um, struggling with different things, right? Like imposter syndrome. Like I know I've struggled with imposter syndrome. Now I I still have it in various ways, but not the ways that I had when I started. You know what I mean? Like, um, would you say the same? Yeah, it's it's um, because almost like the circumstances are different. And then if you're someone that is committed to, to growth, then there is always a quote unquote new version of yourself, but not really like new, but just layers that you're uncovering. And so with that, I can totally see how imposter syndrome shows up in a different a different way. If you were working behind the chair, it shows up in your technical skill. But then if you branch out into education, you feel comfortable with your technical skill. But now it's like, oh, I'm a speaker. I'm a presenter. Everyone else is better than me. You know, different, different uh, avenues of, of newness is where it shows up for me. You know, when you say it like that, it's almost like we should strive for a little bit of that. (laughs) you know, like strive, like when we say get out of our comfort zone, it's like, oh, I'm excited. I I almost want to like start saying like, I'm excited for my next like bout of imposter syndrome. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So just yesterday I came across a post on Instagram and it said, rejection is just proof that you showed up. Yes. Like Like, I never thought of it that way of like, it's proof positive that you took the step that you put yourself out there, that you did the thing that was hard for you to do. And if you got rejected, it's just proof that you showed up and did the thing. And um, that was like, earth shattering for me. 
So yeah. yeah, to your point to, to stretch ourselves and, you know, get out of that comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I mean, it, it's a lesson. I've learned my biggest lessons and my biggest mistakes, you yeah. know? So now I I'm thankful for all of them. I wasn't at the time, but now I look back and I'm like, well, I wouldn't be here if I didn't do that. And I wouldn't be here if that didn't happen. And even though it was negative, it still ended up being very positive in my life. And I think it's important to have that mindset around stuff because I could sit and dwell on stuff that didn't happen all day long, but where's that going to get me? Right. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's like, we can, we can, with my clients, one of the things when they struggle with like, uh, getting beyond their limitations, if I just say, just use your imagination, just pretend, pretend a little bit. They're yep. like, Oh, well then, and then it's like the floodgates open. So, you know, in that kind of scenario, um, the way I make it lighter for myself is like, just, just go and have fun. Just go and like, it's not that big of a deal, you know? And that kind of helps to translate the, um, anxiousness into excitement. Like how you were saying, I'm excited to do this thing. Yep. Um, when it's like, Oh, we're just trying something new. We're having fun. We're having a new experience and having it with these people in this room or whatever, you know, just yep. keep it light, keep it easy. Yeah. I mean, anxiety and excitement kind of feel the same anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, Mariah, thank you so much. I want you to tell the people, what do you offer? Where can they find you? Literally all the things. If people want to find you, I know that you are at beauty in the brain on Instagram yes. underscore in front of that. Um, and I will again, link all of this in the show notes, but, um, give people all your, all the info. Yeah, I, that's pretty, pretty much the basics. You know, I hang out the most on Instagram, like you said, at underscore beauty in the brain. Um, I have a one-on-one -on -one program. So my program is six months and everyone that's interested, we do a consult call. That's where we get really, really clear on what it is that you want to create. Am I the best person to help you create that? So everything starts with that consultation. But beyond that, I am very friendly. <laughs> I don't know if you <laughs> gathered that from this, this episode. So if you just need an ear, if you need some encouragement, if you need some quick coaching on an issue, like hit me up because I'm not here to withhold anything. I'm here to serve and I'm here to give of what I believe I'm here to do. So hit me up in my DMs. Um, and I look forward to connecting with anyone and everyone. Yay. Mariah, thank you so much for coming and having this conversation with me. I appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me to be in your space. It was a blast. Of course. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.